This is the Prayer Culture Podcast, where we talk about building prayer into the lives of Bible-centric churches and individuals. I'm your host, Michael Green. I have a background in missions to the Islamic world, as well as being the founding member of Puremore, a ministry that is dedicated to developing a deep culture of prayer within local churches and communities. My co-host, Patrick Rowe, is a board member of Puremore, as well as being a longtime church planner in the greater Houston area and Thailand. This is the Prayer Culture Podcast. As a reminder, the Prayer Culture Podcast is a ministry of two or more, which is a crowdfunded ministry. So if you enjoy this content, please check out our website and giving page listed in the description. Also, when you have a second, hit the like and subscribe button. You've told me some other stories about how God's working a lot more than you can even comprehend he's doing. And you've seen it work out with your heart or showing the light at like new age and psychic fairs and stuff. Tell us a little bit about like your experiences where God like really worked in some of that stuff. Cowabunga. <laughs> <laughs> um, beloved, I was a new ager for years. And everybody that tried to share the gospel did. They did it with sincerity but they were very inept. They would say, well, that's the devil, you know, or whatever, you know. And, we, and it would, they would fulfill every stereotype I had hmm. of narrow-minded, bigoted church people, okay? So I'm not telling you to not do it. I'm telling you to try to do it with wisdom and understanding. Mm. Yeah. Here will help you. People don't twist their bodies into pretzels because they feel good about themselves. They do it because they're looking for something. Mm. People don't sit for hours in the lotus position because they feel good about themselves. They do it because they're looking for something. The Lord says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Peter said on Pentecost, this is that which was prophesied. The Holy Spirit shall be poured out on all flesh. I believe New Agers, the Holy Spirit has been poured out on them. And he's doing what he does. He's convicting them of sin. Mm. And because of that conviction of sin, they become vegetarians. They do yoga. They get their chart done. They get, you know, they learn their auras. They learn, you know, they, they try to move the kundalini up their chakras, you know, whatever. It's all because they're convicted of sin and they don't like it. Mm. And they've been lied to about how to get rid of this conviction, okay? Mm. And so go to them and honor them. Say, dude, man, you're looking for spiritual angels in a natural world. I commend you for that. How's it working? Mm. Do you feel like you're progressing? Do you feel like you're succeeding? I, it's the same approach I take with Muslims, the same approach I take with New Agers, the same approach I take with Buddhists. The spirit is drawing them, but they're being deceived about how to respond, mm -hmm. okay? Yeah. They're, they're not doing it in faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah. And he's the only way. Mm -hmm. So uh, I love going to New Age fairs. I, uh, I've opened booths in New Age fairs, and we call them uh, Back to Eden, a very generic phrase that everybody feels positive about. Would you like to go back to the Garden of Eden? Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know whether <laughs> right. it's a parable or reality or not, but... Yeah, that, that sounds wonderful. Back to innocence and purity, being naked and unashamed, you know. Mm -mm. <laughs> so we had a booth, and we trusted that the Holy Spirit was making them hungry and thirsty for righteousness. We trusted the Holy Spirit was making them poor in spirit, and we trusted the Holy Spirit that was making them mourn over their sinful condition. Mm. 
and we would just try to help them find the next step. Hallelujah. And he will. He will. But here's the cool thing. I got to warn you. Demons are there. Mm. All right? Mm. Put on the armor of God. And if you don't know how to pray in tongues, I encourage you to find somebody to pray with you so that you can. <laughs> in order to build yourself up. And build yourself up in your most holy faith. Put on the armor of God and go in. Uh, a beautiful testimony. A bunch of us opened a booth at a psychic fair. And by the way, every psychic I ever met was gifted in the gift of prophecy. And the church they went to did not accept that. Hmm. And they went someplace where they were accepted. They Ooh. went to the New Age. Ooh. <laughs> oh. So they okay. abandoned the faith. They had a gift, but abandoned the faith. Because, because they were just, they, they, were they went someplace they were accepted. Hmm. They went yeah. someplace where they were honored. You know, beloved, that's real. Yeah. All right. The woman who ran the psychic fair in Dallas, her name was Carol Sackandy. I remember her. She had been a Sunday school teacher in First Baptist Church. Hmm. But she began to operate in her gifts. And they took her position away and said, you just have to sit until you get, until you, well, enough said. Mm -hmm. Enough said, okay? So Carol had the psychic fair. And I went in and we had the, the mystics of Yeshua. That was the name of our booth, okay? <laughs> and we prayed the armor of God over ourselves. Demons are real, okay? They come to kill, steal, and destroy. Mm. And we went in there, and, and we sat at our booth. And after a while, the director came to us and said, man, you are the only person that's got anything today. Can mm. you open another booth? And I went, we can't afford that. He said, oh, no, there'll be no charge, Okay. And so we ended up opening three booths at the, at the psychic fair. And uh, the psychics themselves started coming to our booth <laughs> because we had walked through the place and we had, by the blood and the name of Jesus, we had forbidden the demons to operate. Hmm. And they couldn't. <laughs> okay? We that bound them. Wild. We choked them off. We said, shut up. Wow. You can watch if you like, na 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 na, but you can't do anything or say anything. <laughs> 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 and people, and literally people are lining up at our booth. And we're operating in the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, prophetic mm. utterances. Mm. And we're, I, I, people say, well, you're reading their mail. I said, no, I'm not reading their mail. Dude, I'm writing their mail. <laughs> <laughs> and we're telling them, beloved, God wants to talk to people. Mm. Jesus says, know ye not that you're in me and I'm in the Father. The Father, if you're born again believer in Jesus Christ, the Father is in you, mm. and he wants to talk to people, and he wants to lay hands on people, and he wants to do it through you. Mm. <laughs> mm. Let him do it. And if, and if it's blowing your mind, all the better. Like, whoa, that was a cool one, you know. Yeah, glory to God. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and they just lined up at our booth, and we're just prophesying to them and sharing the word with them. And uh, my encouragement is... You are the salt of the earth and you're the light of the world, okay? And I differentiate. When I'm being salt, salt, the function is to make you thirsty. The function is to uh, be a preservative. And the function is to put savor. I believe the purpose of salt is not faith. The purpose of salt is hope, okay? Jesus told stories to give people hope. 
all right? So I am very intentional. Sometimes I'm being, I'm inspiring hope, nothing but stories. And you might not like this. When I do that, I don't quote the Bible and I don't use the name of Jesus because he is the light of the world and he is divisive. Now, then I'll kick in. It's time to be light. <laughs> Let me tell you, dude, it's Jesus, okay? Yeah. And I promise you, he will divide. Hmm. He will divide. So be wise, yeah. okay? Not fearful, but be wise. And so I would just tell him stories and, and he would reveal their hearts and stuff. Mm. And he says, what's going on? What's going on? Most of them, I would draw them in and say, hey, dude, let me tell you the story about how I met Jesus. And then I tell my story. And they're going, Jesus? I said, yeah, man, I was, born, I was raised in a nominal church, and I left at an early age because I couldn't find what I was looking for. And to my great shock, I found Jesus to be the answer to all my yearnings and needs and hungers. Mm. And they're like, yeah, me too, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and we got to the end of the fair, and the, the big gun, psychic, who was a bit frustrated because she couldn't get anything. Hallelujah. <laughs> and she Amen. came to me at the end of it as we're, as we're closing up. And her name was Amber. I still remember. Hi, Amber, if you're listening. Her name was Amber. And she came to me and she says, well, why don't you read me? And I said, well, sis, listen, the force that operates through me is the Lord. And so he decides who he wants to talk to, and I just make myself available so that he can talk through me. Mm -hmm. And she sneers at me. She says, got nothing, huh? And the Lord, he likes to take challenges. <laughs> and as soon as she said that, I got a word. And I said, listen, Amber, the force that's operating through you down in the depths of your soul, if you're honest, you'll admit you're terrified of it. Mm. And you have reason to be, because that force hates you, and it wants to take your soul to hell. Mm. And her countenance just dropped, and she fled. Mm. Wow. Amber, bless her, Lord. Bless her, Lord. Mm. I just identified with her so much. Mm. You know, the person that led me to Christ, I was screaming at him. The person that led me to the baptism of the Spirit, I was screaming at them. Beloved. <laughs> Armor yourself with love. <laughs> Armor yourself with long-suffering and kindness. Yeah. And, uh, and turn the other cheek if you have to. Amen. You know? mm. I, uh, a brother in the Lord helped me with turning the cheek because I've been punched a time or two. And he said the first punch is normally a, a reactive thing. They've learned to react. You punch first. Okay, you're getting in the lick first, okay? But the second punch is always willful. Mm. And that's why you allow them to give you a second one. Mm. And I never have had somebody do that. I've been punched, knee-jerk reaction, but I've never had somebody make a decision after that to punch me again. Mm -hmm. So I encourage you. Let them punch you twice, they probably won't. And if they do, I'll give you your money back, okay? <laughs> But it's worth it. I've never had anybody break my jaw or anything. And it's just, beloved, you want to see God's power? It stirs stuff up. Yeah. And you've got to right. count the cost on that. Mm. Right. Okay? Right. So you know, if, uh, if, you know, all the Pharisees said was, listen, 
You'll have no problem with us at all. All you got to do is stop speaking in this name. Mm-hmm. And you'll have no problems with this at all. Right. Yeah. Okay. And I'm sorry to say, you know, I minister in Africa about half the time. In America, that's becoming pretty prevalent in the church. Mm. Talk to me about psychology. Talk to me about inner healing. Talk to me about abundant life. But don't talk to me about Jesus. So you, you mentioned Africa, and you've done missions in different various places yes. in the world. So I know you've done Africa, and I want to say you've been to Tibet. Right? Is that right? Or? I've been on the border of Tibet. On I've the border? Been, I've Guad- been in the Mustang region of, of Nepal. Hallelujah. Okay. In Nepal, okay. I spent time in Guatemala. Guatemala, Mexico. Yeah, amen. Well, tell us some, some mission stories, just how the Lord <laughs> worked in missions. Calabunga. Yeah. Well, um, the, the Mustang region of northern Nepal... Mustang means, and you'll like this, it means aspiration. Imagine living in the county of aspiration. Hmm. And, there's a, and there's a monastery up there called Muktanath, which means salvation. Hmm. Okay? So some of us went into the region of aspiration and up to the monastery of salvation. Uh, a Buddhist monastery, I assume? Or? Actually, it's both. It becomes really blended, okay? Uh, Buddhism, okay, you might not like this. Gautama Siddhartha, the Buddha, Buddha's a title, it's not a name. Gautama Siddhartha would might very well be called the Martin Luther of Hinduism. Hinduism had gotten really, really perverted by the time uh, he he was born. And he said, well, you know, I believe in reincarnation and I believe in enlightenment and I believe in all this. But he said the way to it is 100% by works, okay? Hmm. And I find it kind of humorous that there are statues of Buddha and people pray to him because he forbids prayer hmm. and he forbids idolatry. Get a grip. Yeah. And he's, but, you know, if you expect consistency, you won't find it in the New Age. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went up there and we went up to this monastery and, we're, and there's idols all the way up and all the way down, and we're knocking them down and laughing. You know, he who sits in heaven laughs. Jesus comes leaping upon mountains, skipping upon the hills. So we're skipping up this hill, taking down demons as we go. Hallelujah, Jesus. And you get to the top, and you do what's called a uh, puja. A puja means an act of devotion. And if the priest acknowledges your act of devotion as being acceptable, he will baptize you. Hmm. Beloved, it's been said the highest form of compliment is imitation. When you go deep into the new age, it's a mirror opposite of the truth. Hmm. Okay, the four living creatures before the throne, the lion, the ox, the eel, and the man, they're also the four fixed signs of astrology. What a coincidence, okay? Hmm. All right, so you will find close imitations, Hmm. okay? And it's to me, it's proof of the truth of the reality. So we came down from that monastery and uh, our host took us to a village and this village is called the Lost Tibetans. Is this beginning to sound like Indiana Jones? Yeah. (laughs) The Lost Tibetans. And what happened when they established geographic lines this region of Tibetan people was in Nepal. 
And so they have a different culture, different language, and they just really don't hang with the Nepalis very much. They're just separated. And you go to their village and it looks kind of like a termite mound. They build it up because it gets so cold that they want to maintain the warmth. So we went in and again, beloved, the father's in me and he wants to talk. And I'm grieving and I'm groaning. God, God, open a door. God, open a door. God, open a door. You know, what chance do these people have to hear your gospel? Open a door. And, I'm, and I have a hard time sleeping that night. Hallelujah. And in the morning, they have a Tibetan tradition that they'll take a shawl and they'll put it over your head. And in so doing, they're saying, blessed are you who comes in the name of the Lord. Do you have anything to share with us? And this old, old double grandmother came to me and put a shawl over my shoulders and said, do you have anything that you feel like you should say to us? And I got to say, beloved grandmother, I have such good news for you. Hmm. God has heard your cry. The disciplines that you've undergone, the, the meditations you've done, the, uh, the, God has seen every one of them. And he has sent me to you to tell you that Jesus Christ, God himself took on flesh and paid the price for the sins that you just those so weight your heart mm. and you so yearn to be free of. And he has, he has opened, very opened the door of heaven and he has sent me to share, his, share himself with you and to pray with you. And I got to pray with about, I don't know, 10 or 15 lost Tibetans. Wow. Sila. Oh, it was so fun. And I just said, Lord, if I'm sleeping, don't wake me up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and beloved, you know, just sign up. Hmm. Just say, Lord, you know, here I am, send me. Be available. Where would you like yeah. me to go? Just make yourself available. And, uh, and don't believe the narrative. The Bible says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. Poverty of spirit is the normative psychological condition of pretty much everybody I meet. Hmm. And God says they're blessed, but somebody has to talk to them and somebody has to go to them. The unfortunately, the things that ripen the harvest are normally very negative. Have you ever gardened? What do you want in your, in your garden before you put your seeds in? You want nothing but decayed refuse from the previous season. That's all you want in your garden. <laughs> wow. <laughs> all your decayed dreams and hopes and disappointments and fears and, and things that didn't work out. And God sees that, oh, the house built on the sand has crashed. Let's take them a cup of chicken soup and see if we can help them. Wow. And Beauty just, from ashes. Yeah. The oil of joy for the spirit of heaviness. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the deal. And I've asked him, I say, Lord. You've given so many people beauty for ashes. What do you do with all the ashes? <laughs> you must have an awful lot of them. <laughs> and I said, Lord, I don't understand your deal. What do you get out of it? And he said, Chuck, you don't understand love even today. Hmm. Did your children have to earn your love and earn your sacrifice? And he said, Chuck, I see them all that way. Hmm. <sighs> And he says, any sacrifice I make for that is just, is just I, don't even, I don't even think of it. Hmm. 
He's already sacrificed his son. Wow. You know, beloved, it says in Revelation 5, thou art worthy because thou hast purchased us by thy blood mm. and made us kings and priests and we are to reign upon the earth. Mm. The value of something is determined by what people will pay for it. And God was willing to pay the blood of Jesus Christ for you. Wow. That, that is what determines your value. Come on. Not the world, not your experience, not your expectations, not your successes or failures. Your value is determined by the price God was willing to pay for That's you. That's right. Praise God. Mm. So good. And so, Chuck, you're about to embark back to Uganda again, where you live Hallelujah. quite often. And you do a ministry there that trains and equips. Um, yeah. Amen. And um, I know there's, you do like Bible study related things. And can you tell us a little bit more about your ministry there? Okay. Well, it's called Rehoboth, which means the broad place. When Isaac went back to the land that had Abraham had lived, he redug old wells. And it's always kind of a spiritual puzzle to me why people bury wells in the desert. But the Philistines had, they'd buried Abraham's wells and Isaac went back and redug them. So there might be some of that in the future for you. Hmm. And the first two wells, there was conflict over. So he gave them up. But the third well, there was no conflict. And he called it Rehoboth, which means the broad place. And it says he sowed and reaped a hundredfold in the first year. Hmm. Hallelujah. So God gave me that word. And I'd be candid with you. I really didn't know what it meant. I said, well, that's cool. Broad place. Okay, what does that mean? I don't know. Let's find out. And I went to Africa about five years ago, and he told me, uh, the, the thief goes over the wall, but the shepherd comes in by the gate. And I said, I asked some of my friends, who's the gate? And he said, there's this bishop, and his name is Augustine. He's the bishop of bishops around here. I think if there's any gate for the region, he's it. And so I went to Augustine, and I said, sir, what do you perceive to be the biggest need for the church here? He says, oh, Brother Chuck, in America... Churches support the pastors, but in Africa, the pastors support the churches. Mm. They all have to have businesses. They all have to work full time. There's probably a portion of their congregation is homeless and single mothers and widows and orphans. And so they've got no time for anything but preaching, evangelizing, and prayer meetings. That's it. That's the priorities they have. They have no time to make disciples. And I said, well, brother, and the, the, the revelations coming out as I talk, by the way, I encourage you to listen to yourself talk. <laughs> listen to what you say. Yeah. And as I'm talking, I say, well, sir, that's why I'm here. I said, you'll talk. I said, I can't do this, but you talk to the, to the pastors of the area and tell them that we will take up to two Timothys from each one of them. And we will give them a three-month second chapter of Acts experience. Hmm. Daily in the word, daily in the apostles' teaching, daily breaking bread together with gladness, sense of awe and wonder. And at the end of that time, we'll give them back. Hmm. And uh, the Lord was kind, as he likes to do. <laughs> I met some Africans there, and I'm interviewing a guy, and it hits me. This guy's an evangelist. Wow. Obvious, like, duh, you know, a tree's known by its fruit. I mean, this guy's a teacher. Wow, okay. This guy over here, this guy is a prophet, and this guy is a pastor. 
And I thought to myself, wow, God, you've, got the, you've given me the five-fold ministry to work with. Mm. Come on. And so my job in Matthew 18, it says, if any of you shall agree as touching anything in heaven and earth, it shall be done. And the word agree there is the, is the word symphony. Mm. My job was to maintain symphony between these gift ministries. Mm. And their job was to do what they were made to do. Mm. And it has been phenomenal. Mm. In Matthew 18, it says, if you're in symphony, anything you ask will be given to you. Selah. Any meeting you have, Jesus will be present in the meeting. Mm. And you have the power to loose heaven into the earth and bind hell away from the earth. Mm. And beloved, we're seeing that. You know, I don't know whether you follow the news much, but right now Uganda is on the radar screen. They're the first nation in the world that is told the UN and the US, keep your aid. The price is too high. Beloved, I'm just here as an advocate for the, for the, for the third world. Both the UN and America are making the woke agenda the price to pay for foreign aid. Mm. And it's horrific what is going on, how oppressive they are, how controlling they are. And so don't believe the, the news narrative. So Uganda has taken a huge step of faith, said, keep your foreign aid, which, by the way, is 20% of their yearly budget. Wow. And God is stepping up, Okay. God is, step, God is multiplying their crops. God is multiplying the harvest. God is, God is showing himself. Wow. In America, you talk about 2 Chronicles 7.14. In Africa, you see it. Yeah. Okay? You're, see wow. it, you're seeing it happen. And so I have a great privilege. I go over there, and uh, my job is to seek to maintain symphony between these gift ministries. And they do the work. Yeah. And so we have these young people for first, first semester, we had 18 interns. A year later, we had 38. And this year, we're going back, and we have 38 again. But the fourth month will be a Votech month, and we're hoping to start five businesses. Uh, the wow. West has never received anything but raw materials from the third world. Well, they're going to start receiving... Uh, Manufactured items now. Hmm. Wow. Africa's going to start manufacturing, not just sending out raw materials. Hallelujah. Great. <laughs> it's a beautiful season, beloved. It's beautiful. So, uh, Patrick, do you have any burning questions for... I, <clears throat> I did have this question, Chuck, of, and it's, it's real straightforward. And um, you may have something off the top of your head, or, or you may have to take a moment to think, of... Something that you, in any context, whether it's here in the States, Uganda, Guatemala, Tibet, where, wherever you've been, that you had this burning prayer that, that the Lord, you were interceding and asking the Lord to do something, uh, and then you saw him accomplish just purely through prayer. You, you didn't even have anything to put your hand to to try to do, you just saw the Lord accomplish something that you just asked him to do. And I don't mean you only by yourself, but sure. even in agreement with others. I wish I could say yes. Hmm. I, have to, I have to admit, 
I'm a follower, not a leader in these things. I find where I go that there have been intercessors ahead of me. Mm. The John the Baptists have gone ahead of me. The plows have gone ahead of me. I have the privilege of following ministries, following intercessors, mm. following prophetic intercession rather than leading the way. And, you know, I can tell you that when I see God's glory, other people have paved the way. Mm. Okay? I'm sorry. I don't know if I'm sorry to say it or not. You know, be who you are. Right. Yeah, you're be, part of the body, right? Be who so. you are. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Charles Finney had, a, had an intercessor that went ahead of him, you know? And, and I tell people, I said, you be the bow, I'll be the arrow. Mm-hmm. So I find myself to be often an answer to other people's prayers. Mm. And I'll even ask them, who's been praying for you? They go, oh, yeah, my grandmother. Oh, yeah, my wife or whatever, whatever. And I find Mm -hmm. myself, I'm being the answer to their prayers. Mm. Okay? And so I'm moving into a season where that might change. Okay? Mm. You know, uh, I've... The Lord has really been speaking to me a lot about what it is to be a king and a priest and to reign on the earth. And uh, I find myself, you know, from the throne comes lightnings and thunders and voices. I find myself throwing lightning bolts of revelation into world leaders' hearts. (laughs) And I feel like a complete idiot. (laughs) And here I am saying it over this, you know. I say, well, Lord, this is so ridiculous. And the devil agrees with me. Yeah, yours is ridiculous. Stop doing it. I went, oh, maybe I should be doing it, you know. <laughs> you know, if you want to find out what to do, just listen carefully to the devil and do the opposite, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? You have been waking up in the middle of the night and interceding. I have. <laughs> like, like, so I, about things that I don't know people who are interceding about this. So there are. I'll I say this you. right now. Well, I'm sure they're out there, but like, here's the thing. Uh, you are interceding for new things. And so maybe that is maybe that is God taking you into a new season. But like know that you are a pioneer in it too. We stand in the gap as kings and priests. And so I'm throwing lightning bolts and a lightning bolt pierces and the thunder is the vacuum created by the lightning being refilled. So I pray lightnings and thunders into the hearts of these leaders. And then it says voices and I ask God <laughs> I said, well, God, you spoke to Saul on the road to Tarsus. You sent Ananias to Saul. You sent Joseph to Pharaoh. You sent Daniel to Nebuchadnezzar. I said, Lord, let these lightnings and thunders be followed by voices. Mm. And I pray because I'm told to pray. So my faith is that I'm obeying. But things seem to be getting worse, not better. Hmm. But, you know, just recently, uh, Xiaoping of China contracted for a, a Chinese communist version of the Bible to be printed. Mm. And, beloved, I feel like he crossed a line there. Mm. I feel like, you know, he's brought the curses of the book of Revelation mm. on himself. Mm. And it's changed my prayers. Mm. Mm. It's changed my prayers. And so what... And then, beloved, I pray... I mean, every day we hear about earthquakes and tornadoes and floods and fires. Beloved, all these things, I pray every, I pray 
Psalm 2, he, he, uh, he, with a rod of iron, he shall break the clay pots. Mm. So I break yeah. the clay pots of communism and Hinduism and Buddhism and Islam, nationalism. <laughs> I believe these are clay pots, okay? And I believe God needs to break them all so that his kingdom can come. Mm. And so it's fascinating. Let me just, let me, a closing thought. In Song of Solomon 2.8, when the Shunammite in the first two chapters is largely consumed with herself. Oh, I'm just a lily of the valley. Oh, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm dark but lovely. Don't look upon me. She's consumed with herself. But in chapter 2, she begins to take note of her beloved. And it says, he has come to me, leaping upon the mountains and skipping upon the hills. And beloved... When they saw Jesus coming, you know, the apostles, okay, the apostles to be, the apostles in training, this guy was skipping, leaping upon the mountains and skipping upon the hills. The principalities and powers of the world system, he was just, never was he submitted to greed, lust, pride, ambition, nothing. He was just overcoming them. And beloved, we can do the same. We can leap upon mountains and skip upon hills. We can be we can bring down principalities, not be subject to them. Mm. And I'm just talking through my hat right now, okay? Because I'm going, I'm listening to myself going, yeah, right. <laughs> like, who the heck do you think you are, you know? <laughs> and it's just my flesh is just confused by it, all right? But I believe it. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. who you pray to, yeah. And it's just, and yeah. I pray into that. And, uh, and then, ekbalo. In, you know, that means thrust, thrust labors into the harvest. I said, Lord, poverty of spirit is the norm for the world. Mm. You have to thrust laborers, thrust laborers, thrust laborers. Beloved, there's two things going on in the world right now. Poverty of spirit is spiking everywhere. Mm. But the gospel is filling the vacuum. Mm. Praise the Lord. Love Those that. two things, are, and they're happening simultaneously. People that say old things will get better. I'm sorry, I don't believe that. I believe things are going to get worse. And that is going, you know, I'm asking you, listener, did you get saved on a good day? <laughs> was your life going really well when you got saved? Did you say, oh, my life is so good, I'm going to give it to Jesus? I really need salvation right now. Life and, is just so great, I really need help now. <laughs> No, beloved, <laughs> we get saved because things have gotten so bad. Yeah. And think of that globally. It is happening globally. Mm. But the gospel has to go forth. I mean, I was miserably unhappy, but people, I was so wacky, people were afraid to talk to me. So just be bold. Amen. Yeah, love it. I want to close with a thought. What's God's favorite verse in the Bible? I don't know. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know what to say. <laughs> Me neither. But I have, a, I have a good possibility. Okay. Luke 11.1, 1, Lord, teach us to pray. Mm. All right? Teach us to pray. They didn't mm. say, teach us to cast out demons, teach us to heal the sick. They didn't say any of that. They saw, this is where it comes from. Mm. This is where it comes from. And they said, that's what we want. We want this connection that you have yeah. that results in this other. Yeah. Right. Okay? 
And when he turned to them, he split eternity. He split history with the first two words. And the first two words are our Papa. Beloved, I want you to know that if you're a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, that God is your Papa. And you're not praying to Jesus' Papa. You're praying to your Papa. Mm. And he has invited you up. He said, pray equal with me, in accord with me, in harmony with me, in symphony with me. And Jesus said in John 14, know ye not that you're in me and I'm in the Father. And for years, my answer was, yeah. I said, yeah, I know not. <laughs> Explain this to me. But beloved, if you are in Christ, Christ is in the Father, and you are this moment seated on the throne in heavenly realms. Amen. And in Jesus' name, you can bring God's kingdom to your environment. Every one of you has been assigned a vineyard, and you've been given all the gifts necessary to bring forth a harvest in that vineyard. And then your gift with God's anointing becomes what's called a ministry. Hallelujah. Mm. Your yeah. gift plus God's anointing is called a ministry. Yeah. And you have everything you need to in Christ to bring forth fruitfulness to whatever vineyard you've been appointed to. And I'm not going to tell you what your appointed vineyard is, okay? It might be your neighborhood, it might be your family, it might be your kids, it might be your school, whatever. And it might even change periodically. But I speak over you. The first word I speak over you is hefsabah. The Lord is delighted in you. Listen to that. I speak over you, listener, hefsabah. The Lord delights in you. And because of his delight in you, you can say back, and Lord, I delight in you. And let that be your prayer cyclically. Hephzibah, Papa, Hephzibah. And then the very next, Isaiah 62. And then I speak over your vineyard, your appointed vineyard. I speak Beulah. I speak fruitfulness, fruitfulness, fruitfulness. By this is your Father glorified, that you will bear much fruit, and that your fruit shall remain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' name, beloved. Uh, Chuck, thank you so much for coming on. Um, you're just such a blessing. Cowabunga. And, uh, cowabunga. <laughs> I think that's a great place to end it. Thanks for Ride the in. wave, beloved. Time. Ride cowabunga. the wave. <laughs> you know how you learn to ride waves? You have lots of face plants in the sand. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> oh, man. And get up and do it again. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll catch you all next time. As a reminder, the Prayer Culture Podcast is a ministry of two or more, which is a crowdfunded ministry. So if you enjoy this content, please check out our website and giving page listed in the description. Also, when you have a second, hit the like and subscribe button.